Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Beef Up Front podcast here on PickSwap Media. The show is Ryan Coyle, joined by Kevin Cannon, as always, for our weekly show, NFL Big Five Games of the Week. This week, we're coming at you with our first playoff round, the wild card round. We have six games to break down. We have two on Saturday, three on Sunday, and then one to finish us off on Monday night. Uh, but best time of the year, NFL playoffs should be a, a really fun and exciting week. The Eagles got the one seed in the NFC, and the Chiefs got the AFC in the one seed, or the one seed in the AFC. So those two teams will not be playing this weekend, but the rest of the teams will be playing. Uh, that made the playoffs after last week's kind of drama to wrap up the, the season with the Packers losing on Sunday Night Football. But really exciting week ahead and really looking forward to getting into the show and breaking down these games. But as always, Kev, welcome back, and how are we? Good. Excited that the Eagles aren't playing this week and watch all these other great games. So last week to finish out the regular season, not the greatest week here from Beef Up Front. I went six and eight, but I finished my strong uh, end of the year with my my upset specials going and best bet as well. Going two and oh there with the upset special of the Browns over the Commanders. Oh, wait, that, that wasn't last week. Never mind. We'll just skip that. That was that was a week before his recap. Um, we'll just get into it. Get into this week then. We started off on Saturday, or no, wait, here, sorry, I have it here on this sheet. I went 11-6 and six last week, actually did have a good week. One and one best bet, uh, an upset special, had the Lions winning outright as my upset special, got that, and then over under 38 in the Colts game, that loss, uh, but a good end to the year there for me, 11-6. and six. Kev, you went 9-8, and eight. pretty good week there, and you went 2-0 and oh in your best bet upset special. You had the Panthers knocking off the Saints for your best bet, or for your upset special, and then your best bet was Vikings minus 7.5. Uh, so good good ends to the season there, and now we, we jump right into the playoffs here. We have on Saturday the first game in the NFC. It is the seven-seed Seahawks who finished at 9-8, and eight, got in with a win last week, as well as the Packers losing to the Lions. They play their division rivals in San Fran, uh, the number two seed, 49ers, who are 13-4. and four. 430 on Fox, 49ers are minus 10-1 over under 43 and a half. I got the Niners winning 31, Seahawks 17. So the Niners covering the 10 and the over of 43 and a half hit. And the Niners have beaten the Seahawks twice this year already. And it's hard to beat a team three times in a year, but I think they're going to be able to do it. I think the Seahawks will be in the game for most of it, but because of like the fam familiarity with the division, and they're always pretty close, tight games. The Niners are rolling and have a ton of weapons on both sides of the ball. The Seahawks season, in my opinion, is already a success story, and I think it ends here. Their offense is pretty competent, and we'll be able to make some first downs and plays, but I think the bigger issues for the Seahawks is on the defensive side of the ball. Jordan Brooks being out for the year matters in the playoffs. He was their leading tackler and defensive play caller. The 49ers have all the weapons they need, and Brock Purdy has been playing really well. Having already played in Seattle as well and won on the road, I don't think this – it's going to be a really tough game for him, even though he's a rookie in his first playoff game. I'm going to ride with the Niners here. Yeah, I'm taking the same picks as you here, Kev, across the board. 49ers winning 31-13. So we go 49ers minus 10 over 43.5. I think me as well as uh, a lot of the nation that, that are football fans and followers are just waiting for Brock Purdy to have that one bad game. I feel like it's since he's took over, it's just been – all right, he's going to have a bad one. He's going to have a slip-up sooner or later uh, where he just finds his way like to regress and, and shows why he was actually a seventh-round pick. But he just continues to ball out. you got to give your your hats off to him. 
Um, since taking over as a starter, 6-0, 13 passing touchdowns, only three interceptions, and he's thrown at least two touchdowns in every single one of those starts. It might just be time to accept the fact that he might just be a good quarterback and he has everything around necessary around him to win the Super Bowl uh, or at least go and represent the NFC. The only way I think the 49ers lose this game is if they beat themselves. And I know the whole saying that it's hard to beat a, th- a team three times in one year, especially a division rival, but it is also hard if you're in an if you're an inferior team to go on the road and win in the playoffs, like it would be less surprising to see a division team like, like the, uh, like the Cowboys go to Philadelphia and win a divisional road game there just because they're more talented. The 49ers are very, very much more talented than the Seahawks. Um, and the Seahawks offense has just been relying, I think, on Kenneth Walker so much recently. He had 29 rush attempts last week against the Rams and now faces a rush, a 49ers rush defense that, only allows 77.7 yards per game on the ground, which is second best in the league. Brock Purdy's going to have to turn it over multiple times, and Walker's going to have to not just have like three, four-yard runs at a time. He's going to need like a couple 50, 60-yard big-time runs for the Seahawks to win this game, and I just don't see that happening. I'm not going to say it's impossible, but I I just don't see it happen in this one. I think the 49ers continue to cruise along with Brock Purdy and advance to the NFC Divisional round next week. Now we go to the Saturday night game. We head to the AFC South versus an AFC wild card. We have the number five seeded Chargers at 10 and seven going to uh, Jacksonville to play the number four seeded Jags who beat the Titans last week. 815 on NBC Chargers minus one here over under is 47. I got the Jags winning a close one, 23 Chargers, 21 Jags covering the one and the under 47 hidden. This is probably the game I struggled with the most. If you listen to me before, I'm not a big believer in the Chargers, so I'll take the Jags here. Doug Peterson is a great coach and has a lot of playoff experience. Trevor Lawrence will need to play better than he has been playing in the past couple of weeks, but I think they can also rely on Etienne as well. The Chargers allow 146 yards a game this year that allows the Jags to control the clock and keep Justin Herbert off the field and on the sidelines. And shockingly, the Chargers have injury concerns. Mike Williams, Joey Bosa, and Kenneth Murray all left last week's game with injuries. It's looking like they'll all probably play this week, but might be a little banged up. I will take the Jags at home here as Lawrence gets his first playoff win before Herbert and in another season where it looks like the Chargers were capable of taking another step. They just don't end up doing it. Yeah, I put a stat up on Twitter the other day. I think it was uh, when ETN carries the ball 15 times or more, um, the Jaguars are 4-1 and one this year. And like you are saying, with the Chargers allowing a lot of rushing yards, I could definitely see that being the recipe for success for the Jaguars this weekend. But I, I have to go with the Chargers. After everything I've always said about them through the offseason, through the whole season, I've always supported them, and I just can't turn my back on them now come playoff time. I'll take them to go on the road here 24-21 to Chargers minus one, under 47. Um, Like I said, I can't pick against Justin Herbert, and especially the way that he really turned it on over the second half of the year when it kind of middle middle way through the year, it looked like they weren't going to be a playoff team. Um, And he really turned it on, even with all those injuries around him, and, and led this team to the playoffs. But fuck Brandon Staley for being a dumbass and playing guys in that meaningless game last week who you know are fragile. You have the most fragile team in the year, maybe the most talented team in the year, but the most fragile team in the year in the league every year. And then you're going out there and you're playing Joey Boza and Mike Williams in a game that doesn't mean anything. 
Chargers are clearly a much better team with Mike Williams on the field. And if he was ever able to stay healthy, he would be, be viewed as like a top 10 consensus receiver in the league, maybe even a top five. That's how good he is when he's on the field, but he's always finding a way to miss games. Um, this is a fun matchup, though. Two QBs, a part of that like next generation of elite talent. We grew up with Rodgers, Brady, Breeze, Manning, all those guys. Now we have Mahomes, uh, Herbert, Lawrence, Joe Burrow, uh, Jalen Hurts, throw him in there. Uh, just a really fun new group of quarterbacks coming up. That'll be fun, our next kind of generation uh, as some of those other guys start to get, get off the field. So this is a fun matchup, potentially one that we'll see a lot more going forward. Um, kudos to the Jags for turning around their season and win their that AFC South title game last week against the Titans in exciting fashion, but they did need a strip sack touchdown late to beat Josh Dobbs. That's uh, not not exactly playing the best football. Chargers went healthy, and big big quotes around when healthy. We will see how healthy they are this weekend, but when they are, they're arguably the most talented roster in the league, and nobody wants to face them when they have all their guys clicking. We always see a team go on the road, wild card weekend, find a way to win. So I'm just going to say, why not the Chargers here? I think this roster is just in a better position to go win a playoff game right now, um, but the Jaguars will have their turn soon. But I'm going to go Chargers minus one and under 47. All right, we now go to Sunday, the AFC East battle here with the seven-seeded Dolphins out of the wild card at nine and eight at the number two-seeded Bills, AFC East champs, 13 and three. One o'clock on CBS. Bills come in this one, minus 11, over under 44. Uh, Tua's health status still up in the air. I think that's why such a big number here. I'm going Bills 23, Dolphins 14. The Dolphins covering probably a backdoorish cover of 11 and the under of 44 hidden. Another first-round matchup of divisional rivals. The team split the season series in two close games with the home team winning each time. The Dolphins do not know who will be at quarterback two is trying to come back, like you said, from his concussion. Teddy Bridgewater had is an issue with his pinky finger. And if it is Skylar Thompson, he has not looked good so far this year. I think the Bills win a close one no matter who is at QB. The Dolphins offense is just not consistent enough, and they never seem to stick with running the ball, which seems like they're successful when they're able to do that. The Bills defense has some key injuries, and Josh Allen's turnovers are reason for concern, but I don't think it's going to matter too much in this game against a mediocre Dolphins defense. The Bills win a close one in Buffalo and advance on Josh Allen's arm. Yeah, and to piggyback off that comment you made about the Dolphins not really running the ball enough, and then on top of it, Raheem Moser, it sounds like, has a broken thumb, so that's another blow to the running game. I just think that the Dolphins have too much going against him in this one. Give me Bills 28, Dolphins 10, Bills minus 11, under 38, or excuse me, under 44 there. Um, we all know that I'm a big believer in Justin Herbert and the Chargers, and I'm not as high on the Bills and uh, Josh Allen. I think the Bills' lack of a running game, I've been saying it the past few years, and it can't, it's come up to haunt them in some big spots, and Josh Allen's Turnover-prone habits, I think that's eventually what's going to do them in and not allow them to win the Super Bowl. But with Tua likely out and potentially Skylar Thompson playing again, I just can't see this being much of a game, especially with the Dolphins traveling on the road. And then you put all that with DeMar Hamlin being in the building, whether it's on the sideline, I doubt, but maybe even just say in like a suite with, with the owner or something like that. Um, if not, even I could see them just putting him up on like the big screen and projecting him like from the hospital or something like that, just to get the the crowd completely fired up. Now that sounds like he's really making some good progress. I just think it's going to be a electric rocking atmosphere 
in Buffalo this weekend. Um, and then they're playing this Dolphins team that's fresh off an 11-6, maybe ugliest football game of the year win over Joe the Joe Flacco-led in the playoffs. Um, if I'm the Bills, I'm just sitting back in this one, I let the offense do their work, and then if I'm the defense, just do not let Tyreek and Waddle get behind you. I think the only way that the Dolphins find a way to move the ball consistently on this team is if there's some major coverage breakdowns. And if there are, those guys have the, the speed to beat you deep, but uh, I just don't trust Skylar Thompson going on the road in a playoff game uh, after just making one of his first few NFL starts last week. If Tua plays, I think it's going to be closer. They, they found a way to really make that game competitive a few weeks back, but with everything that just happened with Hamlin and Tua having two back concussions this year, I just don't see a scenario where he's able to play football this week. So I think the Bills move on for now, but I wouldn't be surprised uh, if they're out come next round. Second game on Sunday now, the six-seeded Giants in the wild card representing the NFC East at 9-7-1 at the number three-seed Vikings at 13-4, the NFC North champs, 430 on Fox. Vikings minus three, over under 47.5 here. Vikings just beat the Giants on Christmas Eve a couple weeks back, so uh, another good rematch here. Going Giants 24, Vikings 23, the Giants covering the three points. And the under of 47 and a half hidden. This game has to be close. The Vikings do not blow anyone out. Only two of their 13 wins have been by more than one score. The Vikings offensive line is shaky coming into this with multiple members on the IR and missing significant time. These teams played in Minnesota a couple weeks ago and Minnesota needed a last second field goal to win. The Giants were able to rest some key players last week and maybe getting some defensive contributors back that will help covering Jefferson Cook and everyone else. Kirk and the offense have so much potential, but they never seem able to just have a huge lead and make things easy on themselves. Letting the Giants hang around in this one, I think, will be very dangerous and a mistake as they'll end up winning. Saquon and Daniel Jones have revitalized this offense, and Dable has obviously helped a ton. I think the Giants give the Vikings a first-round exit here. All right, Kev going with the upset there. Kind of back to what I was saying about the Chargers, I feel like the NFC version of them has been the Vikings this been a supporter and believer of them all year so i'm gonna have to take them here in the playoffs and i while you while you said that that interesting stat two of their 13 wins have only been <laughs> by more than one score they have had all these crazy fluky games all year um i'm gonna say they they shake that rust off kind of and, and they find a way to win this one and cover so i'll go 23 16 vikings minus three under 47 and a half as i said i've been a believer in this team all season i feel like i've taken them a lot and they found their way to 13 and four at the end of the day, you can say what they want, but they went 13 and four. No one saw that coming from them all year. They've had some weird fluky games with some come from behind victories, but also some other games like the giants one where they should have been up for most of the game and they let the giants back into it. And then you got playoff Kirk cousins here, the whole nine yards, but they're playing a giants team. That end of the day, I just don't think is good. I know they finished nine, seven and one, but, the Vikings have 13 wins for a reason at the end of the day. I think Brian Dable should be the coach of the year for taking this team with this to the playoffs. But I just think at the end of the day, your, your talent, your lack of talent gets exposed. Uh, the worst part of this Vikings team is a secondary. And in that 27-4 victory on Christmas Eve, they did allow Daniel Jones to throw for 334 yards. And I think they can bring that number down in this one. Just go back and kind of fix some of those errors that you had in that game and, and try and limit, limit the passing game because – 
the passing game of Daniel Jones, Isaiah Hodgins, Darius Slayton, and Richie James isn't exactly the Peyton Manning Broncos team from back in the day. Um, I think in sports, we always see teams who aren't that talented wind up getting exposed and re regress back to the mean due to that lack of talent. We saw that in Monday night's college football national championship game. It was just a prime example of that where the Giants just found ways to win all games, just like TCU. But here they are playing a much more talented team. Um, and you're traveling on the road as well. I think it's Daniel Jones' first playoff start, Brian Dable's first game as a playoff head coach. Kirk Cousins, I know he hasn't had success in some big games, but he did go to the Saints a few years ago and win like the one o'clock game. This is still a 430. It's not it's not the night game. So there there goes that. I think you can throw that out the window. Um, and the Vikings still have a guy named Justin Jefferson who went for 12 catches, 133 yards and a touchdown versus the Giants last time to these two teams met up. So I'm just going to take the Vikings to advance here. Take them to cover. Not really that confident in the cover, but I'll take them here in that case and under 47 and a half. Uh, last game on Sunday now, the Sunday night game, the six-seeded Ravens at 10-7, and seven, who are a wild-card team at AFC North, at the three-seeded Bengals, who are 12-4, and four, the AFC North champs, 8-15. NBC Sunday night football, Bengals minus 6.5, over under 43.5. Taking Bengals by 10-24, Ravens 14, the Bengals covering the 6.5 and, and the under of 43.5. These teams just played this week with the Bengals winning 27-16. The Ravens won a close game against the Bengals in early October. The Bengals may be the hottest team in the NFL right now, winning their last eight games. Like the Dolphins and the Ravens don't know who's going to be their quarterback. Lamar has been out with a knee injury, and Huntley has a shoulder injury. Maybe Anthony Brown again, like we saw last week. I don't see the Ravens winning this game, even if Lamar plays. If he does play, I don't think he personally will. But if he does, I also don't assume he'll be 100%. The Bengals' offense will just be able to put up way more points than the Ravens can. The defense has dramatically improved since adding Roquan Smith, who they just signed to a massive extension today. The other, the other defense, the Bengals' defense, will not struggle too much trying to stop the run-heavy Ravens. The Bengals can also force a few turnovers, which will be costly to the Ravens. I think Joe Barrow and company advance here. I agree, Kev. And I got them winning by uh, a more comfortable margin than you, covering that spread pretty easily. Bengals 30, Ravens 10. So Bengals minus six and a half, under 43 and a half. Another big question in this one, just like some of these other games, will Lamar Jackson play? Um, I think. There's multiple different scenarios that you could look at it. Lamar could come back, play, potentially hurt his knee more and risk losing out on his big deal. He could not play. The Ravens could lose. The Ravens see his worth and what he means to that team and are forced to pay him. He could not play. The Ravens get mad at him for not playing, and he's not doesn't re-sign with the Ravens, and he maybe gets like franchise tag, trade. He's somewhere else next year. Or he comes back, leads the Ravens on a big playoff run, and gets a huge deal just like Joe Flacco did. Uh, back in the day. This game, I think, fascinates me the most out of any game this weekend because I think all of the teams like Futures are impacted the most um, by the Ravens in this one, whether Lamar plays or not, and what kind of impact and direction the franchise goes after the season, depending on if he plays or if he doesn't play, like those scenarios I kind of laid out. I'm going to say, though, he doesn't play, and that's going to be a pretty comfortable Bengals win, just like last week. You're not picking Anthony Brown to beat Joe Burrow. Um, I'm leaning towards the Bengals representing the AFC, I think. Um, I think the calmness and just the poise of Joe Barrow with his assortment of weapons and the defense that seemingly improved throughout the entire season is just 
a great winning combo and combined with the experience from last year. Um, I think that they know what it takes to get back to the Super Bowl. And I think this could be the year that they, they finally get it done and win that Super Bowl. But I think they win this one pretty comfortably and kind of make a statement. Um, just a quick fun stat I found uh, on Jamar Chase doing some research for this game. Over his last seven games, Jamar Chase has at least seven receptions in each of those games. The Bengals are 7-0 and over that span, and he also has seven touchdowns during that time frame. So 7-7-7 seven, seven, seven there. It's the, the lucky numbers. I um, thought that's a little cool stat and maybe just a little hint at the future potentially for the Bengals and maybe some luck coming their way. But I'd like them to win this game cover and under 43 and a half. All right, final game of the week. Maybe the funnest game on the schedule. I think you can get the most eyeballs. You got the best and most accomplished player in NFL history with Tom Brady against the biggest brand in the NFL with the Dallas Cowboys. You got the five-seeded Cowboys out of the NFC East in the wild card here, 12-5 and five at the number four-seeded Bucks, who finished 8-9, and nine, still won the NFC South. 8-15, Monday Night Football, ESPN. Just like Joe Buck and Troy Aikman probably would have had if they were still at Fox, they would have had the 425 Fox game with these two teams. But Cowboys minus three here on the road over under 45. Are you picking against Tom Brady? I am not. I'm going with him in a super close one. Bucks 21, Cowboys 20, the Bucks covering the three. The under 45 hidden. This may be a speaking into existence kind of pick because I want this to happen. I think the Cowboys will be themselves and find a way to lose this game, and Tom will be himself and find a way to win this game. He's never lost to the Cowboys in his career. He also has five game-winning drives this year, while Dak has become a turnover machine. The Cowboys should try and take the ball out of Dak's hands, in my opinion, and let Zeke and Pollard run on a Bucks defense that's a middle of the pack against the run. The Bucks defense will need to play this game like we kind of expected them to play all year at a really high level. I think they also need to create some turnovers good for them that Dak has been doing that as of late. I think hopefully Tom will get some key pieces back on the offensive line and he'll be able to make some plays and have some heroics that we've been accustomed to throughout his entire career. Not super confident in it, but I'm going to take Tom at home, take Tom at home in this game. I'm taking Tom and the Bucks to 23 to 20. So Bucks plus three, obviously there and under 45. Um, the biggest coin flip for me, though, and it really came down to just when is picking against Tom Brady ever worked? Um, the Bucks have looked terrible for pretty much the whole year, but when it came down to some clutch moments and some some big spots, they found ways to pull out games. And in the playoffs, all you need to do is do that, win win those close games at the end. doesn't matter if you win by 20 or one. It just win and advance to the next round. And there's no one really you would rather have than Tom Brady still, still doing that at the end of the day, I think. Four of their eight wins this year came against the awful NFC South. Haven't really beat any good competition this year. Um, but that game against the Panthers two weeks ago, though, the last time the Bucs really played like the full game. Brady played, got some reps last week, but they sat a lot of their guys uh, as, as they were still locked into that four-seeded spot. But that game that they needed to beat the Panthers to win the NFC South, the offense was uh, finally showing some life. Mike Evans went for 207 yards, three touchdowns, and marked, that marked only the third time he went over 100 yards this year. First time he scored all, since all the way back on in October, on October 2nd. Um, I think he's most likely going to get matched up with Trayvon Diggs in this one. And I think the Bucs are going to really tailor their game plan to kind of picking on him and, and trying to get Diggs to bite on a couple double moves and maybe hit Mike Evans for a few long touchdowns in this one. Teams met up back in week one. It was crazy how long ago that already is. 
Bucks went 19-3. That's when Dak got hurt. But Evans went for seven catches, 71 touchdown. I think he is not only the key to this matchup, but if they do find a way to win this game, I think he's the key to that offense just going forward for whatever, for however many playoff games they get this year. He needs to produce, and as well as you were saying, Kev, I think the Bucks do need to force a few turnovers. They only forced 21 this year, which ranked in the bottom half of the league, but they are facing Dak, who, as you were saying, league leader in picks with 15, and he missed several games due to injury. Um, uh, this pick came down to I can live with the Cowboys winning and me picking Tom Brady to win, but I can't live with picking against Tom Brady and him finding a way to just win again and prove everyone wrong. So uh, I think it's another one of those spots where just when you think he's out, he finds his way back in the mix again. I think the Bucks find a way to win this one in another thriller, another late TB12 drive and a game-winning field goal at the end seals a deal and the Bucks move on to the divisional round. So, That'll do it for our games. We won't be doing a upset special for this week just to, due to the lack of uh, picks that you can make. We'll be having our best bet. What is your best bet for the wild card round, Kev? My best bet is the Bengals minus six and a half versus the Ravens. I don't think Lamar plays and Joe Burrow's just been cooking up uh, recently. I'm going to go Bills minus 11. I just don't have faith in Skylar Thompson potentially starting a playoff game here in Buffalo. As I said, I – with, with all the crazy health stuff that's been going on in the NFL recently, I don't see a path that Tua finds his way onto the field. Um, and I just – Skyler Thompson, that's pretty much all I have to say. Bills minus 11, and I really like your pick there with Bengals minus 6.5 as well. But that will do it for uh, NFL Big 5 games of the week, the NFL Wild Card Weekend edition here on Beef Up Front. Any last-second comments, Kev, before we head out? Yeah, I was just looking through the schedule, and every game this week is a between two opponents who have already played each other in the regular season. I don't know how common that is or if that's ever happened before, but it's just something interesting. Yeah, that is that is uh, definitely an interesting note and something that I guess we'll go back to it and we can see next week kind of how those teams did in the first matchup or second, whatever, and this time around. That'll be something cool to track, but – uh, that'll do it here for the show this week. We'll be back next week with the divisional round. Looking forward to seeing who wins this week and breaking down those games next week. But as always, thank you everyone for listening. Uh, please like, subscribe, and we will talk soon.